back to the David Glenn Show. Seth Greenberg of ESPN in 90 minutes. John Shire of Duke in about 60 minutes. And joining us now, Ryan Odom, remember, this year's media darling, UMBC, first 16 seed ever to beat a one seed. Coach Odom joined us on yesterday's program. Chris Collins of Northwestern was one of the darlings of the 2017 NCAA tournament. The Wildcats were the last major conference program that had never been to the NCAA tournament, but our guest Chris Collins led them there. It was a great story. They got a win a year ago at this time, breaking another long drought. Coach Collins is back with us, a longtime friend of the program. Coach, great to have you back. How are you? DG, man, always good to be on the show. It was good to hear that uh, I'm, I'm before Shire. Make sure you let him know that he's always behind. It's ever since high school, he's always been in my shadow, so he can never escape that. <laughs> that is so symbolically funny and true. For those who don't know, Coach Collins recruited John Shire from the Chicago area to Duke, both outstanding former Blue Devil guards in their own rights, building their coaching careers as we speak. Once again, Shire follows Collins. Hey, it was 12 months ago, but you know how people have a hard time quantifying the impact of being in a March Madness spotlight, doing something special within that spotlight. You were that guy 12 months ago. How do you summarize last year's success story and how it changed your life, your story, and even more broadly, Northwestern basketball? Well, it's one of those things where you don't really fully get the grasp of what's going on until kind of long after yeah. because you're you're so in the heat of the moment. You, you finish your conference tournament. You have the selection show. You're preparing for games. You're locked in as a coach. You're trying to win. Um, the finality of the tournament is always so abrupt because you're, you're in a fight in the game. All of a sudden, you come up short, and then it's just over. And I think you kind of realize when the dust settles, uh, you get to the off season, you reflect back on all the memories, um, all the things you went through as a team, and just how exciting everything was. And uh, it's been fun to watch some of those stories. I mean, we're seeing it in, in our area this year with Loyola Chicago, um, you know, and the hoopla around here for those guys. You know, obviously we saw with UMBC, the Nevada situation. I mean, it's those are the stories that are really fun. I mean, we, we love following the Blue Buds, but, you know, some of those programs maybe that are there for the first time and you see that excitement amongst the fan base that, that they've never felt before. Those, those are the moments that I remember from last year that, that, that stick with me the most. Even before you accomplished what you did a year ago, we would see you, you know, throwing out a first pitch for the Chicago Cubs at Wrigley Field, if I, if I remember the timetable correctly. And, and you've done some other cool rock star type things. When it comes to, you know, season ticket renewals, booster donations, I'm sure you were in the middle of a tornado with all your media invitations, you know, last March, but even after last March, you know, people showing up for your, uh, you know, rubber chicken circuit speeches during, during the summer, et cetera. How much did all of that change after one special season for Northwestern? Well, I, I think it made us obviously much more relevant, um, you know, and I think we've learned from it. You know, I, it's it's a whole other story, but I think going through all that, I don't think we were fully prepared, um, you know, to, to be able to, to, to handle some of it in a lot of respects. You know, you wish now you could maybe go back and – and uh, as a coach, you know, with the guys, you know, kind of do a, even a better job. Um, but you see that a lot, you know, especially with we went through it here with the Cubs, you know, the year before they won the World Series and 
you know everything that went on and then ne- the next year at the at the all-star break they're under 500 you know it's just it's 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 a tough thing it's an exciting thing um you know i think what it did was it, you know we we earned respect that i'm i'm not sure we had uh, before the run last year you know people now viewed us as a program that was legitimate that could win that could be successful and um you know that that was something that was very important to me when i started this uh 5 years ago and um, and hopefully now we can. We we didn't. We I'm jealous watching the tournament now. We didn't. We didn't handle our business this year, and you got to sit back and and you get hungry now because you watch some of those teams that were maybe doing what we were doing last year. And even though you're happy for all those teams, and you know how hard it is, you also get a little jealous, and it gets gets you that little extra edge to to get your butt to work and and hopefully get back uh, get back to that point next year. Northwestern coach Chris Collins is joining us on the David Glenn Show. His 2018 Wildcats beat the Michigan Wolverines who are still alive in the Sweet 16. They also played Sweet 16 participants Texas Tech. That was way back in November and also of course Purdue a fellow member of the Big Ten. You mentioned Loyola Chicago. I don't know the geography perfectly up there but Sister Jean, the 98-year-old team chaplain, is getting a lot of the headlines. I don't know if you know her, but I'm sure you know Loyola Chicago in that story. You were the talk of the Windy City 12 months ago. What else can you tell us about an 11-seed Loyola Chicago that is still alive and kicking and, and getting some of the headlines that your Wildcats had a year ago? Well, I mean, they've done an amazing job. Um, you know, we 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 had the opportunity to to scrimmage them before the season in a little closed door deal um, that a lot of schools are doing now, and you could see from that day, you know, they had great veteran leadership. They were tough. They're well coached. I remember telling my staff after that day, you know, I I don't know that I would have predicted Sweet 16, but right. I remember telling my staff after playing them that these guys are going to have a great year. You know, they just had all the components you saw. There was a hunger to them. Um, you know, they they were very skilled team. They're the real deal. I mean, you go through, you beat Miami, Florida, and Tennessee on back-to-back games. Like, it's not like the bracket did them any favors or, you know, they got a break by an upset. You know, they've beaten uh, a team that, um, you know, either won the SEC or was right there and a Miami team that, as you guys know, in ACC country, that is a very good basketball yeah. team. So, this team is for real. Um, obviously, they've captured uh, this area. Uh, it's been cool to see with their fan base. They hadn't been to the tournament in 30-plus years, and um, Porter's a good friend of mine. So I'm pulling for them. I know uh, they'll have their hands full. It's it's crazy. You know, I don't know if anyone would have predicted Loyola and Nevada to go to the Elite Eight, right. but it's kind of how wacky this tournament has become. But I think you're seeing with both those teams, and even with Nevada, with the NC State transfers, the Martin Twins, and Kendall Stevens, who played at Purdue. I mean, these teams have really good players. You know, it's not a, it's not an accident why why they are still playing here in the second weekend. When I looked at the Big Ten teams in this year's tournament, I gave the benefit of the doubt to the regular season champ, Michigan State. I usually give the benefit of the doubt to future NBA talent, which also pointed me toward the Spartans. And, of course, my bracket is bloodied as a result of of trusting Sparty. Uh, You played all of these teams. Michigan is still alive. Purdue is still alive. You beat the Wolverines, as I mentioned earlier. Would Would your original bracket have been bloodied as well? I mean... I'm just shocked that Sparty got knocked out when it did. Uh, So share your thoughts on that. But also, do you have a better vibe about either Michigan or a Purdue team that's dealing with a major injury here uh, lately as they move forward in the Sweet 16? 
Yeah, I mean, to answer your first question, I mean, I was very surprised with Michigan State. Although, you know, we've seen year in and year out, the zone can can do yeah. tricks on it. When it's one and done, you know, all it takes is a bad shooting game. And I think Michigan State was eight for thirty-seven from three mm. in the game. And you know, and 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 you know, in the tournament, they're playing in Detroit. They're at home. If shots aren't falling, sometimes that works into the favor of the underdog. Um, you know, the, there's you start getting tight. I mean, kids know what's at stake. It's a one and done situation. The game's close. You're supposed to win. You're playing in your hometown, and I think a little bit of that went down, went down in that Syracuse Michigan State game. And you know, obviously, if they play a four out of seven series, I I, I think Michigan State probably would beat them. But the beauty of this tournament is on that one day. You know, their inability to make shots um, and and Coach Beheim's experience to kind of get his team to that final couple minutes to pull it out was was an incredible result. And when it comes to the Big Ten teams, I mean, Michigan's the hottest team there's no question um i don't think they've lost since we beat them maybe uh you know uh, 10 or 11 games ago uh they they have a great big man very mobile and mo wagner um uh, ali rahman is uh one of the better guards that nobody's talking about he's had a terrific year and i think what's interesting about their team is you know, coach beeline's one of the great offensive minds in the country yeah. and he's very innovative but they actually win this year with their defense you know, this is a defensive-minded team. They guard you. They're physical. They're quick. They're athletic. And when you know your defense travels, when when scoring is struggling, and and you have to find a way to grind out a win, um, you know they 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 have the defense that I think can get it done. Although what I saw from Texas A&M the other day, that's going to be a heck of a matchup because Texas A&M has what you call dudes. I mean, they got <laughs> some dudes out there. I mean, they, when when I watched that game the other the other day, I mean, I, I was very impressed with how they played against the Heels, and I think that's going to be one of the more intriguing Sweet 16 matchups. I think you got two really hot teams playing and should be a fun game to watch. Chris Collins is joining us. I remembered you beating the Michigan Wolverines. I had forgotten that that is the last time that they lost. That was February 6th, folks. So it'll be a full month and a half by the time the Wolverines play later this week, a full month and a half where they have not experienced the taste of a loss. That cannot describe many teams, even in this great sweet 16. Chris Collins joining us on the David Glenn show. You seem to be an incredibly mentally strong player with the Blue Devils. And I want to go back to something you, you just said. Where, Coach, when I watch, you know I follow the ACC even more closely than the rest of college hoops. The Tar Heels were a veteran team. And yet, I'm, whether you watch that game or not, there was a point where they started freaking out that they were missing their three-point shots as they fell behind Texas A&M. You mentioned other examples, and I still can't shake it out of my head. I watched Virginia for 33 games be the most comfortable team in a close game, the most unwavering team. Like, this is our style. We're not worried that it's a close game in the second half. We know who we are. I saw them win the ACC title doing that, win 31 games doing that, and yet in the second half of that UMBC game, that human element that you were describing kicked in because Devin Hall stopped looking like Devin Hall. The defense stopped looking like UVA defense. Shot selection stopped looking like UVA shot selection. And, and that's an anomaly when after 33 games of doing it consistently, you kind of reach for the panic button there. Did you watch that game? Were you as shocked as the, at the, as the rest of us uh, at the first 16 over number one because of those details? 
I was. I mean, I just and and this is meant as the ultimate compliment. I just I'd never seen Virginia play like that. Yeah. I like you said. I mean, they they've lost games. There's no question about it. But usually when they lose games, they don't. They still play their game. You know, they they get you in their tempo. It's a defensive battle. It's a possession by possession game. They play incredibly smart. And you know, I, it just it, it shows you the power of the NCAA tournament, though. It's why. It's why we love, yeah. uh, you know, this event. It's why this event, you know, c- provides crazy results. I can tell you many a times all those years at Duke. I mean, when you're in those games and, and guys know you got a high seed and the team's hanging around and you're at a neutral site venue where the whole arena starts back at right. underdog and you're dealing with college kids, the, the pressure can be unbelievable on these guys. And that's why, I mean, I don't think people realize how hard it is to to navigate this tournament and the team that wins you know usually there's a game or two in that six games where it's not going well and they find a way to win and you know that's that navigating this whole thing is you know that's why you don't see that's why you you don't see so many repeat winners it's it's incredibly hard to do it and uh, it's such a fun event uh, it captures our country and you know you, you hate it for the kids sometimes because you see some decisions and mistakes made under pressure on such a national stage but you know when you're in it and you understand there's a lot on these guys you 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 get why some of the things happen that they do and that's why some of these upsets go down Chris Collins is joining us. He was an all-ACC player and team captain for the Duke Blue Devils back in the 1990s. Also served more than a decade to Mike Krzyzewski as an assistant coach in Durham before taking over at Northwestern. Fresh off the 2017 NCAA tournament bid, Wildcats coach Chris Collins is joining us here on the David Glenn Show. How much of the Blue Devils have you gotten to see this year? And when you look at the 16 teams still standing, does that NBA caliber talent and that GOAT greatest of all time coach point you toward the Blue Devils as the favorite to win it all, even if you kind of push your allegiance to the side? Well, I I, I got to tell you, you know, watching them on Saturday, I guess when they played, I, I thought it's as good as they've looked all year. Yeah, uh, I really did. I. I, I talked to a coach after the game, and I told him as much. I said, man, coach, you guys were really good today. Um, you know, and they've gone through their times during the year, and it's not easy when you, you're trying. And uh, I mean, everybody wants to have that problem. Don't get me wrong. I'd love to have Bagley and Carter <laughs> and, and Duval and, and Allen and try to figure out, you know, how it all works. Um, but it's not an easy thing. It's why guys like Coach Cal Perry and Coach K have done an amazing job, like in a span of seven months, you know, trying to pull teams together with a lot of new pieces but you know I, I thought they played very well together the other night they the, the guys they really believe in that zone you know and I think when you have so much firepower uh, a lot of times that can be a little bit of a curse as a player because you just feel inherently that you can outscore teams yeah and I think with the zone, you know, I think some of their struggles early in the ACC season when they were giving up 90-plus points there the first few games and they got beat, you know, I think that was a blessing for that team to realize, like, we got to figure out something on the defensive end of the floor. They they found that zone. It looks like the guys really believe in it with that length and that size. T. 
teams are having a hard time scoring against it. And with that firepower, I mean, they have as good a chance as any. I mean, it's watching the games. You know, I, th- I think Villanova has looked outstanding the first two games. You know, and I think Duke, uh, the way they looked Saturday, I mean, I, I just thought they were awesome. Now it's it's game to game, and you gotta you gotta come back and do it again against uh, against Syracuse. But they're they're really hitting their stride at the right time, and if they continue at this level, they're gonna be tough to beat. Last thing for Chris Collins of Northwestern on Twitter, he is at Coach underscore Collins. You were one of those names on the coaching carousel five years ago. You took the Northwestern job after tar- turning down other opportunities over the year. Years. I just wanted to get your thoughts on the Memphis news of the day. I've always been fascinated, Coach. On the one hand, you have traditional coaching duties, right? And Tubby Smith, the guy hired or fired this year at New Memphis, best I know, has universal respect of his colleagues and peers as an X and O traditional coach, right? But but Memphis didn't like zero NCAA bids in two years. They weren't happy with 20 wins a year. Attendance was down. Donations were down, et cetera. So they move on from a national champion coach in Tubby Smith, and they hire today Anthony Hardaway, their former star player, who's never coached at the college or pro levels, but runs a high school program in Memphis and an AAU program in the Memphis area that both happen to have some of the top high school prospects in America. Just through your basketball coaching eyes, what is what is your job description? Like, is it primarily I better sign enough high-level talent or the rest of my coaching ability isn't going to matter? Or, you know, are you helping sell tickets and stuff that Tubby apparently was not willing to do? Because this is a hire clearly at Memphis where it's all about getting dudes, as you described, and it just seems to have very little to do with X and O experience. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I don't know too much about the inner workings of, of their whole situation. I will say that Coach Smith is someone that I've always ultimately respected in this profession. You know, for me, um, you know, I came up kind of the old school way uh, with my dad as a mentor, then Coach K, who comes from the old school in terms of, you know, how you handle yourself, what coaching's about, what coaching entails, developing your players' relationships with your guys, being successful, character, all those things. And I've always felt like Coach Smith is one of the guys that's been at the forefront. I mean, everywhere he's gone, he's won. He's recruited good kids with high character. Um, He's a terrific coach. And so you hate to see a guy like that, you know, not have the opportunity. What After two years, he was only there for two years. And uh, what, they win 20-something games. So, um, you know, I I hate it for him um, that he doesn't get an opportunity to continue to see that thing through. You know, obviously with a guy like Penny, uh, it's 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 uh, it's an exciting hire for that area. He's one of the all-time great players. He was a terrific pro. Uh, he's he's run a great high school program, and in that area is a, is a big name. And and I'm sure for them, you know, they view it as a as a big splash going forward. And I wish him the best. Um, but like you said, it's it shows how tough the profession is. Yeah. I mean, if someone something like that can happen to a guy like Coach Smith, who's won the championships and and done it the right way, um, you know, makes me realize as a young coach, you just got to stay true to yourself and do your best, you know, and and try to run a program the best of your abilities and try to be successful with the kind of guys you want to recruit and 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 I guess live with the results. But uh, it, it's definitely a tough profession and. 
you know, this time of year is always tough for me because you have friends who, you know, and people don't realize some of these coaches, yet they have families, yeah. you know, and so it's not just affecting them with their employment. It's it's their families and their futures, and that's why the spring sometime can be tough for us because, uh, you know, the coaching carousel can get nutty from year in and year out. His name is Chris Collins. He has put Northwestern basketball on the map in a way none of his predecessors had managed. Speaking of family, as we thank you for your time, Send our love to the lovely and talented Kim Collins and the rest of your crew, man. It's always great to hear your voice. Will do. Always love being on the show. Great talking to you guys. Right back at you. Chris Collins of Duke, former sharpshooter back in the day, now doing good things with the Northwestern Wildcats. Last year, again, the first bid in the history of the program to the D1 men's basketball tournament. A darling to the media for many years, a darling to Northwestern fans, especially for that breakthrough one year ago.